welcome to More Than Myths. I'm putting in my teeth. Excellent. I wouldn't hate for you to not have your teeth in. Right. That'd be such a shame. Fuck, now I'm going to sound funny. No, you're not. You're going to sound great. Yeah. Hi. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Welcome to More Than Myths. Welcome. Um, I'm great. I had the most fucking productive day I've had in a long time. No shit. Yeah. Well, good I for chill- you. What, the, oh. what did you do? Um, I got up and I was like, I'm going to sit on the couch. I'm going to drink coffee. I'm going to do my research. I'm going to have just a chill morning. And I get down to like a sink full of dishes. And the house is a little bit chaotic. And I'm like, mm. but I could do that first mm. and not have to worry about it. it later. Yeah. And so I did the dishes. And then I was like, okay, I'm going to make my coffee. I made my coffee. And then I'm like, we have so much laundry. There's so much laundry. I've been half-assing it for like a month now. <laughs> and like, it's all getting done. But it's, like, getting done until, like, the next loads are coming, you know? So it's just, like, I haven't been able to catch up ever. Yeah. (sighs) So, anyway, I was, like, I chose laundry today. I'm, like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to go for it. Sorted everything. I have three loads left. And at 6 p.m., like, I'm feeling strong. So I'm, like, got through laundry. I cleaned out the dog bed, so we have this closet downstairs that we took the door off, and then we put, like, a baby gate on and turned it into a dog, clo- like, a dog bed, kind of Harry Potter style. Yeah. Under the stairs. Mm-hmm. And Finn doesn't really use it anymore mm-hmm. because he just sleeps with one of us, like, one of the kids or us. Mm-hmm. And when it was two dogs, it was, like, too many things in the bed, right? Mm-hmm. It was. But one dog in your bed is, it just doesn't bother me as much. Mm-hmm. And so we haven't been using it at all. And so it's like still has blankets that like Olive slept on. Oh, and yeah. it's kind of been a little bit of a depression corner, you know? Yeah. I'm like, oh, I'm not ready to go there. Yeah. And I finally got the blankets out today and they're like going through the wash and they're going to get clean. And mm-hmm. it's like, you know, four months later, it's happening. <laughs> Yeah. So I was like, that's all right. That's Um, okay. But yeah, and then I worked out and I did all of our notes for our episode today. And I was just like, it was great. You freaking killed it. Also. Also. If we could make it work. I want to go to a renaissance fair. Okay. And it's the weekend. You guys are here. Shut up. We're going. Okay. Christopher, we're going. I'm going. We're, we're going. And I'm, like we're dressing up. We're going. I don't have out. anything to wear. Oh, we'll get we'll get it. We'll figure it out. We're gonna figure what it out. What day is look, it? It's like the sixth and seventh. Okay. I think that's the weekend you're here, okay. right? Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So Oh my god, how much fun. Yeah, I cannot wait. We have to get a turkey leg. A turkey I don't know leg. Why, but we have to get a turkey we leg. We have to have flower crowns. We need to get those little corset dresses that like make your boobs look nice, but then they're also kind of dresses. Okay. And we need glitter 
Okay. And maybe oh elk my god, ears? I'm just gonna go as a fairy. Yeah, like oh my I god. <laughs> perfect. Um, and then uh yeah, I think that's it. That's what that was my day. That was, that was my your Sunday. day. That's a pretty good Sunday. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's always nice to get like caught up on laundry, caught up on chores, everything's done, and you're in just a clean, tidy house. It's Mm -hmm. one of my favorite things. Literally the best feeling. Mm -hmm. That'll be heaven. It's like a perpetually clean house with clean sheets that always smell like fresh laundry. Every day. Every day. (gasps) Yeah. Oh, I also finished some books. (sighs) Tell me. Um, I finished Electric Idol by Kitty Robert. It's the second in the Dark Olympus series. Mm-hmm. Um, the, her first one was Neon Gods, which I've talked about too much. Um, and I have, okay, I haven't finished it. I have an hour left mm. of From Blood and Ash. Mm. And this is You're really fantasy. close. Oh, it's like I'm practically done. Yeah. I'm practically done, but there's still so many unanswered questions. So. Mm. Anyway, so yeah, making my way through some books. I just started a song of Achilles, which I'm on chapter like six, and I'm already like, I I knew nothing about it. I know very little about the Iliad. I know very little about Troy, and what I know about Troy is from Brad Pitt movie from like 2009. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. That movie is just full of way too many pretty people. And it's actually not. They don't do a terrible job with it. Um. Because I'd actually, uh, I don't know, a while ago, a couple weeks ago, finished listening to Troy by Stephen Fry. Mm-hmm. And I, Chris was like, do you want to watch Troy? And I was like, yeah, let's give it a go. Let's, like, see how it compares. And it wasn't, honestly, it wasn't bad. That's good. There was some stuff that they kind of changed because of the time frame that it came out. Um, mm. So, but it's not, I mean, I don't know, it's not terrible. Yeah, I'm interested to see where it goes because mm-hmm. the perspective of the book confused me for a minute. I didn't mm. realize I didn't understand where I thought it was going to be from Achilles' perspective, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Wait a minute, this is like this is an Achilles, Mm-mm. you know? That's not his lineage because I know like enough about like his mom being not so present, but also mystical." Right, mm-hmm. you know, so yeah. I was like, I think she's a goddess of some kind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then, when he's explaining, like his mom was simple, and I was just like, wait, what? Mm-hmm. This is an Achilles. Who the fuck is this? Yeah, yeah. So, but I was totally pulled in um, until I took a nap, and then I started reading it again. <laughs> I was just overcome with sleepiness. Yeah, I understand. But yeah, nice. What about you? I know you're reading Women Who Rule the World. Yeah. Yep. Um, I just finished A Little Life a couple, I don't know, maybe a week ago, last <laughs> two weeks ago. It's tough. It's a tough book. I mean, definitely, if you want to read it, look up the trigger warnings first before you do so. Um, mm-hmm. But it is a good book. Yeah. I don't know if I would recommend, like, I don't know if I would recommend it. I would, you know, I mean, because it is a pretty tough book. Yeah. So I've heard know. that it's hard. Yeah. Yeah. It's probably one of the more difficult books I've ever read. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I don't know if I would recommend it or not. I mean, I would just say go and look up the trigger warnings for yourself. <laughs> right. Really. If you feel like you'd be comfortable reading it, you suggest it. Yeah. But 
if you you're if like not, not telling everybody don't. to go read yeah. it no yeah. not at all no no it could be pretty... she told me not to read it no i She's don't like, think that you... you're too soft for this no <laughs> <laughs> you're too no. big of a pansy for this book don't no do no no i just i just know you i know and it I'm... wouldn't be your kind of deal my so. own words, not Haley. Yeah, <laughs> I just I can't. No, I can't do anything too big or too sad. And it's extremely sad. I just very feel sad. a lot of feelings when I like when I am emotional. I am mm-hmm. emotional, so it's got to oh, be. I like, ugly cried. I can't like put myself through that willingly. <laughs> yeah, to the point that I was like hiccuping. Like the hiccup <gasps> cry. Yeah, it was really oh. intense. But we were watching. Oh, my gosh. It was like bad on top of bad. So I'd finished this book. And Chris and I have been watching Afterlife on Netflix. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, Ricky Gervais. It's about a guy that um, his life after his wife dies from cancer. And we were at the end of this series right after I finished reading A Little Life. My eyes the next day were so swollen and puffy. Like, I couldn't. No. Couldn't. No. It was terrible. Yeah, it was That's not. Don't stack those two. <laughs> don't do those things back to don't, don't. Don't do what I did. <laughs> You've been warned. You've been That's warned. That's funny. Um, I have a show recommendation for you. I'm ready. And if you guys are already watching the, this, then I'm going to be thrilled. But it's on HBO. It's from Taiko Atiti. <gasps> yes! Our fucking <laughs> death! Yes! So good. I love it. I love it. I was He's like, one of my absolute favorites. I fucking love this show. I it's was so we good. started it last night. So we're like through the first episode and then like halfway through the second. And I was yeah. just like, I was Whoa. like, you are not. I looked at Josh straight in the face and I was like, you are not allowed to watch this without me. Yeah. But you guys, I don't know how many times we talk about what we do in the shadows. Yeah. But this is what we do in the shadows from Pirates perspective. And it's Pirates edition. Fucking great. It's brilliant. It's we so good. Rolling. And it gets it gets better. Oh my god. Oh my it's god. so good. We were rolling. Yeah. And Can't like, recommend it enough. <laughs> and like, it's so good. <laughs> I love it. Oh my god. It's so, so good. You got HBO and you like just really weird yes. dry subtle humor this we were in stitches but i was yeah. like Haley is already watching this or sh- she's going to be yeah after tonight like no. i was i came undone i was so excited chris was telling me about it and he's like okay but it's pirates i was like done done i can't do no. i can't watch it tonight but done we're watching it that's the next thing we're watching it so and yeah. they do releases of three episodes at a time and so <gasps> when it comes out the three episodes we gobble them up i can't get enough yeah it's after so we're done good. recording tonight i have a date with a shower and then my tv excellent that's excellent i'm oh excited my God, i'm so excited for you <laughs> love to catch up so if you want to hear us talk about it we won't tell any spoilers because we don't believe in spoilers here but unless you want to talk about it with us <laughs> yeah unless we accidentally spoil it oh my god no i was telling steve i was telling my brother that i was reading song of achilles yeah and he goes yeah the iliad kind of ends with achilles dying and then i and he goes oh my god and he's like oh my god i just had the feeling that i spoiled achilles (laughs) dying (laughs) 
And that's a and big I was one. Like, well, and I was like, but, and everybody knows, like, Achilles knows. heel. Like, yes. everybody knows that outcome. Yeah. And I was like, sorry, Hercules, another drinking game. Oh, Take man. a shot. Hercules a shot. ruins that. Because even Phil is like, oh, yeah. Yes. His stupid heel. You know, so, like, yeah. it's been spoiled since 97. So you're good. Yeah, you should but be good. He, like, he had this moment That's of hilarious. pure panic that he had oh ruined the story. And yeah. I was like, and then he's like, wait a minute. No, never it's mind. It's fine. Don't. It's fine. You <laughs> so, should know this. Spoilers, guys. Achilles dies. Achilles dies. <laughs> Weird. Weird, I know. So <laughs> anyway. Anyway. I don't know who's a, who, who it is. I don't know who goes. Who is it? You? Me? I think it's me because last time you were like trying to get through the cats fast and then you didn't get through the cats fast. It is you. Yay. <laughs> I did not get through the cats fast. Jesus. It was fine. They were all of your facts were so interesting. This one's a little bit different today. Okay, um, so your okay. your teaser was Aphrodite. Aphrodite? Aphrodite was the teaser, but I wanted to kind of throw you off. <sighs> it worked. It worked. So, but it's correlated. Today we're going to talk about love at first sight. Okay. So the goddess of love and then love at first sight. That was a kind of easy tie-in teaser well, you for got you. Me. You got, got me. You. So what is love at first sight? Well, it's the idea that if you, you that you fall in love with someone the first time you see them. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, so it's a history of love at first sight. Um, this does go into some Greek history a little bit, but then we're going to kind of move past that. In many Greek tales, we see this situation, and it's usually due to a specific arrow aimed at someone. <laughs> so Eros, or Cupid, or Amor in Latin, um, he's called the god of carnal love, Ooh. or the god of love and sexy time. Sexy time! The sexy time! Um, and being struck by his arrows will cause the... Uh, mania which is said to be the madness of the gods so you're just like overcome with love and desire and you can't you can't can't control it you can't handle it um but truly you fall in a usually unrequited love for a person so it's not reciprocated and it's the first person I mean, there are a lot of tales where they don't, the other person does not fall in love with them so wildly, right? Mm. You fall in love with the first person or thing that the arrow struck soul lays eyes on. But then there are also a lot of tales of just, oh, we are in love, Mm -hmm. you know, instant and completely unyielding. You're like, oh, okay. Infatuation. Yeah. In... 1598, we have the expression love at first sight, and it makes its way to the English, like English literature by Christopher Marlowe's poem, Whoever Loved That Lover Not at First Sight. Whoever Loved That Lover Not at First Sight. What? It's like Shakespearean. So you're going to be like, what the actual fuck does this mean? Okay. Whoever Loved That Lover not at first sight so it's saying essentially like we always fall in love at first sight essentially according to this poem 
So I'm actually going to read the poem. <laughs> Forgive me. <laughs> Here's a poem. It lies not in our power to love or hate, for will in us is overruled by fate. When two are stripped, long ere the course begin, we wish that one should love, the other win. And one especially we do affect of two gold ingots, like in each respect. The reason that no man knows, let it suffice, what we behold is censured by censored by our eyes. We are both deliberate and the love is slight. Whoever loved that loved not at first sight. Good job. Um, <laughs> so when you break down this meaning, it's saying like how we don't have a choice in our fate. Mm-hmm. So no matter who we end up falling in love with, once we saw them, mm-hmm. we loved them. Mm-hmm. Because we're fated to love them. Interesting. That's an interesting. Okay. Isn't that? I was like, okay. It's pretty deep. Okay. Christopher Marlowe. Shakespeare then takes on this idea in his writings. And now it's a romantic trope to convey an instant attraction to someone or something. In Midsummer Night's Dream, Titania takes, I think, she either takes something or. I feel like Puck gives her something, Mm -hmm. and then he's like, the first creature you lay eyes on, you will fall in love with, and she ends up seeing, oh, I can't remember his name. He has an an ass's head, and she falls in love with a donkey, essentially, Mm -hmm. and takes him to her bed, and like, Puck makes, Puck and Oberon make a fool of her, right? Mm -hmm. So then she like, wakes up, and she no longer loves him anymore, but... So that's an instance of love at first sight. But that was kind of magic induced. Mm-hmm. But then the guy who is the donkey is like, okay, queen of yeah. the fairies, let's go. <laughs> but there are some other favorite, famous love stories with love at first sight. Romeo and Juliet, mm-hmm. uh, Cleopatra and Mark Anthony, even though the, that was they were real. I'm mm-hmm. talking Shakespearean play yeah, right. with them. Mm-hmm. Um, Paris and Helen, Cinderella, Prince Charming, just to name a few. Mm-hmm. Um, I Tristan and Isolde were listed. And I was like, no, that's that they was did not control. No, she hated him. They first met. They were not. Kosher, she was like, I'm so. gonna kill you. Yeah. Well, so first she was like, I'm gonna save your life, and then the second time she was like, Now I'm gonna kill you. Yeah. Now I'm gonna kill you. <laughs> um, but does it happen in the real world? Um, I found an article on from Cosmo where people shared their stories, and I just put some together of my favorite ones. Perfect. Yeah. I was like, yeah, this is – That tracks. This is going all the way down. We're going yeah. all the way down the rabbit hole. Candace is our first person. Candace was walking down the hall in her high school and noticed a boy walking by. Their eye contact was instant, and she said she enjoyed looking into his eyes so much. She okay. said to herself – that she would love to get to know that person more. And they went through high school to- together and dated the whole time and mm-hmm. 
were married for three years. Oh, sweet. At the time of the article. I don't know if they're still married, but. Hopefully. <laughs> Hopefully. Um, Morgan was at a diner with her friends and locked eyes with the waiter. And she said she remembered time slowing down and something just clicking. And this was interesting because he said he felt the same way, too, at that same moment. Like, they can name the moment what? together. That's cool. Um, and then they went to a movie that night. And 15 years later, and three kids, they're still going strong. Oh. Yeah. I love I that. Like, that one's really sweet. Yeah. Um, so Natalia went to a singing competition, even though she wasn't a singer. She's like, okay. I'm not a singer, but I'm going to just go. Yeah. And ended up winning. What? She ended up winning and, like, ended up getting her own cabaret show in New York, New York City. What? That's awesome. So just, like, went out of her comfort, comfort zone, did this crazy-ass thing, ended mm -hmm. up winning. And she's going to pick up her sheet music and enter Scott, who hands her the sheet music. And boom, 10 years later, they're still going strong as well. What? That's crazy. Just, like, what? So... There are people who believe that it happens. Mm -hmm. But let's talk the brain and science now. Is let's love at it. first sight real? A 2017 study says that physical attraction is a big player in love at first sight. Mm. So if you're generally more beautiful, and I said, don't get me started on beauty standards, <laughs> <laughs> um, you would fall victim to people believing they love you more often, right? Mm -hmm. um, however, when we start start out by loving someone, this is in this way we actually like build them up in our minds. So it's mm -hmm. like if you're like, oh, that person is beautiful, I love them. Mm -hmm. They can do no wrong. I've already decided that I love them. We actually build them up in our minds, and it's really hard to see the traits that we don't actually find desirable in a partner. Mm. So you're like, you start at where you should end. Yeah. But then you have to deconstruct it and be like, mm. oh, wait, you don't like Disney movies? What? Oh, wait, you don't like reading books? What? You know, like. So many red flags. So many red flags. And so you kind of have to work backwards and you can like fall out of love much quicker because it's not really based like on anything. In this same study, they also found that it's not usually a mutual feeling. Oh. Yeah. So, however, the person who fell in love is said to be very convincing and okay. usually gets their partner feeling like it was a done deal from the beginning. <laughs> so, like, they, they're they like, no, we had a connection. And they're like, we did have a connection. We you did. Know? Yeah. It's like, I don't remember feeling that way, but now that you say it, you know, so right. it's like you put that somebody, idea in their head. Somebody talks that you, can talk you into it, essentially. Yeah. So I got this quote directly from Glamour.com, and it's from Dawn Ma Maslar. Um, she says, love at first sight is usually fleeting. And Dawn is a biologist and relationships expert. Um, she said, when you fall in love, we see – the deactivation of the brain, especially the ventromedal prefrontal cortex, the part that judges the other person. This deactivation can last up to two years. 
And then one day you wake up and you see the person you're with for the first time and you may find parts that you don't like. (laughs) So it's like, you think you're seeing what you want to see and then you get to know them and your brain, that brain function starts to come back and you're like, Oh, (laughs) (laughs) so you're at your two year mark. (laughs) (laughs) Your two year mark and shit seems weird. Uh, You may have just been in denial. So anyway, that whole quote is from her. Oh Um, my gosh. So now, according to Psychology Today, there is evidence that love is for love at first sight is real. They, and they said that 60% of people feel that they have experienced it. Wow. 60%. That's, That's crazy. insane. We can't agree yeah. on anything. No. 60% of people? Yeah. That's wild to me. Yeah. Agreed. Um, <laughs> In a study by researchers in the Netherlands, they asked 400 men and women to complete a survey after three different scenarios. So like an online scenario and in the lab scenario, which is where they like were showed photos and then in person, Um, they agreed that they would report what they were when they were experiencing love at first sight in any of the scenarios. Um, They also had to share how physically attractive or sexually attractive they found people. So it had to be like upfront. Okay. This is another quote kind of in this realm. So Helen Fisher is a PhD in biological anthropologist. And she is the chief scientific advisor on the dating internet website match.com. Oh, okay. According to her, and here's her quote, love at first sight is relatively easy to explain. Romantic love runs along a certain electric... certain electrical and chemical pathways through the brain and these can be triggered instantly men fall in love faster statistically speaking probably because they're more visual but women aren't far behind it's a basic drive like thirst or hunger and food and water keep you alive today romantic love leads to bonding mating and sending your dna into into tomorrow so this article also has a great questionnaire to help you figure out if you are falling love in love at first sight. So it's like a quiz you can take. <laughs> so if you feel okay. like you need to find out if you actually are in love at first sight, you can go take a quiz on this website. We'll have it on our, we'll link it on our website yeah. in the library. So in that study with the 400 men and women, what did they find out? They find out they find out that it's not just biased memory. Mm-hmm. Like I said earlier, the more beautiful people are, the more likely they are to be fallen in love with. Mm-hmm. Um, it happens more with men than women. I read somewhere it's because men are more physical and women are more emotional, but I don't really know if that's a true statement or not. Mm. Yeah, inherently, I, I I think that's kind of just patriarchal propaganda, but. I don't know. Love at first sight usually isn't mutual, which we've said already, but mm-hmm. ouch. Um, yeah. It isn't really love. <laughs> so that was the final thing they found out. Um, they found out it can be a strong pull or attraction that bridges the not knowing each other to knowing each other. Mm-hmm. Therefore leading to love. Mm-hmm. So it's the introduction. It's the first conversation 
Yeah. Right. It's mm-hmm. not love at first sight. It's the first, it's the attraction at first yeah. sight or the drive at first sight, you know, yeah. to like pull you into a relationship. Yeah. That witty thing um, that they first said or. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Here's another quote from psychology today. But when love at first sight does launch a sustained relationship, the story is a great one. Yeah. I loved how they said that. So I was like, I'm quoting this directly. So I'm just mm-hmm. going to there. Uh, there's also a great article in the New York Times, and it's called The 36 Questions to Help You Fall in Love. And these are actually like, they're meant to be really deep okay. questions to like mm-hmm. really get to know somebody in a way that you would want to get to know somebody. It goes into like your worst fear, your darkest secret, your... Mm-hmm religious beliefs you know it goes it's like if you can get through the 36 questions you'll know this person more than you would any you would know anybody there's a card game that i actually bought for it was i don't know if you call it a game but it's just a little deck of cards that's i can't remember what it's called we keep it in the car and like if we're on a road trip, we'll just randomly pull cards and ask each other questions because it always sparks really deep conversation. But it's kind of that same thing. Like it's a whole deck of cards that's like about your sex life, about love, about your families, about, you know, memories, all sorts of stuff. And it's really, I mean, we've had some really deep conversations. So that's, I've seen that advertised before, I think. It's good. It's a good deck. I, you need I actually, to post it or share it or send it to me at least because I definitely want that. Okay. Well, my kit. Sorry. Drink. <laughs> Credit or mic. Oh my God. Um, so anyway, that you can, if you look up 36 questions to help you fall in love online, it's a really popular article. I've heard about it for years and years, so mm-hmm. you'll find it. And um, it was published by the New York Times in 2015. So it's been around for a bit. So as I was kind of going through this whole process, at the beginning, I said the definition of love at first sight was falling in love with them the first time you see them. Mm -hmm. But in this host's humble opinion, I don't think we always see people we fall in love with at first. And when you truly see them for who they are, that feels like more love at first sight than anything to me right Mm -hmm. so it's like and take the visually seeing someone out of it and like Mm -hmm. it's more like love it like first actually seeing who they are seeing their character seeing yeah how they interact with their family or their loved ones or your friends or Mm -hmm. you know it's really seeing them in the world that's how they really are yeah, I feel yeah. that more is a more realistic look at love at first sight for me. So there you go. That's good. Do you believe love at first sight? Do you? Do you? We'd love to hear about it. Did you fall in love? <gasps> yeah, tell us your tell love us. story. Tell us your love story. We love a good love story. I saw Josh. Years before we started dating him, and I knew he was important. Oh, yeah. I was like, wow, I don't know how you. he's going to be in my life, but that guy's important. And then I went about my day. 
<laughs> what coffee should I order? Yeah, I was like, oh, where am I drinking tonight? Is actually yeah. <laughs> That's funny. I actually didn't like Chris when I first met him. Ooh, enemies to lovers. Yep. Love it. Yeah. I thought he was a jerk. <laughs> that's hilarious. Um, yeah, that's all I'll say about that. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. You guys get to know us a little bit more every time. Yep. It's like a pretty onion <laughs> layers mm -hmm. this is going to be as fresh as baked bread <laughs> does that mean that you finished it 20 minutes before I called you? Yes, it does. <laughs> okay. I actually got my research done by four. Good so job. Two hours of free time before we recorded. Good job. I'm usually we... madly typing for 20 minutes after Haley and I start. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> All right. I'm ready. Ready? Okay. So the last time I talked to you about aliens. Ooh. I told you about an encounter. Yeah. This yeah. time I'm going to tell you about an abduction. No. Yes. Sorry. I have to go. <laughs> it's Look at spooky. the time. I know. I need to turn on more lights. This is. <laughs> I'm okay. I'm just getting myself hyped up. I'm going to be fine. Okay. I'm ready. <laughs> Okay, I'm gonna... <laughs> I know it's your favorite topic in the whole world. It's so fun. Uh, so I'm going to tell you about one of the first, like, there's a couple before this, but one of the most well-known, I guess, alien abduction stories um, happened to two people, um, and they would later undergo hypnosis to try to recall kind of what happened to them. Yeah. Um, so this is about Betty and Barney Hill. Yep. I've heard this. Mm -hmm. Good. Good. Awesome. So you can help me. Now it, holes. Well, it's not going to scare the living shit out of me. So no, no, it won't. Yeah. But this is a goodie. This is a goodie. It, it is a goodie. Yeah. So um, this happened in 1961. But kind of before that, um, there had been a couple incidents with aliens. Uh, the Roswell incident happened in 1947. I didn't know it was in the 40s. I thought it was in the 70s for some reason. I don't know why. Yeah. It feels like Roswell feels 1950s to me. Mm, but Close. You know, really close. But, yeah. Um, there was the Lubbock Lights in Texas in 1951 and Leveland, Texas. Or, sorry, there was an incident in Leveland, Texas in 1957. In September of 1961, a Russian cosmonaut was the first man in space and it kind of sparked the space race. Um, Kennedy mm -hmm. was urging the nation to put the first man on the moon by the end of the decade. And it's that kind of a vibe that we're in. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. 
Space um, is getting a new light. Yep. Yeah. yeah. But so Betty and Barney Hill lived in. Where did they live? I have it highlighted. That's why I didn't see it. <laughs> you tuned it out. I tuned it out. Instead of seeing it. Instead of seeing it. Yeah. So Betty and Barney Hill lived in Portsmouth, New Hampshire. And that September, they decided to take a much-needed vacation. They had only been married for 16 months, and it was kind of their delayed honeymoon. But they drove up to Niagara Falls, and then they drove up into Canada to Toronto. And their original plan was to go up to Montreal and spend the night and then come back home. Um, But their plans changed, and it's thought that maybe they, one, might have ran out of money. Um, Two, they got bad directions, and they were also in a part of Canada where the people speak French and Betty and Barney didn't speak French. Um, So they got confused and kind of got lost and they were like, you know what, this is not working. We're just going to go home. So they decided to come home a day early. Uh, The 19th of September, 1961 is the day that they decided to come home. And there was also um, something that they, another thing that was a possibility was there was a tropical storm that was coming. Mm -hmm. So maybe they wanted to get home before that. Um, yeah. So a little bit about the couple. Um, Barney worked a graveyard shift. At a, he was a distribution clerk for a postal service. Um, he worked about two hours away from their home. And he was a member of the New Hampshire State Advisory Board of the U.S. Civil Rights Commission and a member of the board of directors of the Rockyham County Poverty Program. Betty was a social worker with child services for New Hampshire. Um, She was also a part of the NAACP um, as well. They were both really active in the civil rights movements. Their work in the civil rights community earned them an invitation to Lyndon Johnson's presidential inauguration. So I, the reason why I want to tell you that is because they were really well respected and professional members of the communities that they were very active in. So they were very trustworthy kind of deal. They, um, so they're driving. It's late at night. Uh, they re-entered the United States at a remote border crossing near Colebrook, New Hampshire. And they stopped at a little diner for some coffee and a bite to eat before they kind of went the rest of the way home. Um, Barney had a hamburger and he was impatient for Betty to finish her coffee so that they could get home. Um, he okay. said he looked at his watch and it was five minutes after 10. Um, and he kind of calculated and was like, yeah, we should be home around two in the morning. So they leave, they have their little dog. Uh, her name is Delcy. She's a little weenie dog. Cute. They have, they have Delcy with them as well. And, uh, so they leave and they're heading home and they're about 60 miles away from the Canadian border. And Betty notices an interesting light in the sky. And at first she thinks, well, that must be a shooting star. But the shooting star was falling up, which they don't do. So she's like, well, it can't be that. And then she thought, well, maybe it's a satellite. But that also didn't make sense. So, yeah. Mm. <laughs> no. Oh, so they I can't can- imagine just driving in the middle of nowhere. And they are in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. What is that? And you're like trying, your brain is trying to figure it out. And it's not. Thank you. You're just doing my job for me. (laughs) 
Yeah, sorry, I can't. No, it's, no, 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 no. I mean, like you're freaking yourself out. Not that you're telling yeah, the story. No, 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 yeah, no. Okay, I'm glad you knew what I meant. Aliens, I'm going to be freaking myself out. I'm glad you knew. I'm glad you knew what I meant. That sounded shitty. If I did, I mean it. No, it, no, it didn't. <laughs> um, so they keep driving on Route Three, and she just keeps watching this light, and it gets bigger and bigger, and she's like, "What in the hell is that?" Like, mm-hmm. so it's pretty light. Um, there's a three-quarter full moon, and south of Twin Mountain, she finally asked Barney, she's like, you've got to pull over. I have to see what this is. And they're at a Mount Cleveland picnic area. So they have binoculars in their car, and they get out, and they're checking this object, and they're trying to figure out what it is. And with an airplane, even if it's pretty far away, you can kind of hear like that kind of humming noise or if it was a helicopter yeah. you'd definitely be able to hear the like the blades going around right. there's nothing it's silent so barney keeps telling her like oh it's probably just a jet it's probably just a commercial flight it's no big deal it maybe it's a satellite maybe it's a satellite that's just off course you know he's trying to explain it right but this light kind of bounces mm-hmm. in the sky and Barney's like, nope, it's still a plane. <laughs> probably shit in his pants. He's like, I can't have her freak out. I'm going to freak out. Which would be consistent. If this was me and Christopher, he'd be like, no, it's fine. And I'd be like, it's not fine. Get the That's how car. Josh and I would be. Yeah, he'd yeah. be like, he would talk me. But Josh would convince me. He's very good at convincing me <laughs> things are fine in not fine situations. <laughs> Because he can, he just gets so calm. Like, he's uh, so calm. If he's calm, I should be calm. Yeah. And then I find out later, he's like, oh, no, I was fearing for our lives. I was, <laughs> I'm like, I was freaking like, out. Are you kidding me? You played so cool. I don't, I don't, under- yeah, Christopher does the same thing. So they get back in the car and Barney continues to insist that it must be a plane. It's nothing to worry about. They keep driving. Um, they get to a place called Franconia Notch State Park. Um, there's steep mountains on either side of the road. So it's kind of, it, it was described as a little bit claustrophobic. There aren't any houses. There aren't any people. And they pass a place, they pass a mountain called Cannon Mountain. And they see this object. And it passes over a building that's on top of this mountain. And the lights in the building blink out. Because it's passed in front of him. It's big enough that it blocks the windows out. It (gasps) blocks the lights out of this window. It blocks the light out of this building. I got what you were saying. You know what I was trying to say. (laughs) Uh, So Betty would later recall seeing this object in a hypnosis session later. And she was really puzzled. She couldn't figure out what it was. And she kept saying like you know maybe it went down into the valley between the two mountains maybe it's not you know maybe the lights turned off she thought oh they must not be interested in following us anymore and it's just going to go away and so they come out of the canyon and they're by this rock formation called the old man of the mountain and it's just it kind of looks like the profile of an old man and the light is there this object is there and it's just followed them through the mountains yeah so the profile of man on the mountain is about 48 feet from forehead to chin so it's a pretty good sized rock formation it's actually mm-hmm. not there anymore it it crumbled in oh i was gonna that's a, that's a fact check i can't remember but it's it's not there anymore yeah 
so they stopped at the base of this old man of the mountain and the light is now close enough that they can tell that it's a craft of some kind. And Barney originally thinks that it's an airplane because down the side of it is like a row of windows. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's close enough that they can see that, but it's not, it's not a commercial like jet. It's, it's flat. It's like as flat as a pancake is what they described it. They get out of the car and they have their binoculars and they use the profile of this rock formation to measure the object. And they said it's about one and a half time the length of the formation. So it's about 75 feet in diameter. So that's roughly six cars parked back to back. It's huge. It's really wow. big. So the object had lights on only one side, but it was rotating. Mm-mm. And then as they're watching it, it starts to move in this stair step kind of pattern. Mm-hmm. Towards mm. them, towards no. them. No, yeah. And Barney's like, I don't have time for this. This is ridiculous. It's a plane. We've been driving for hours. We need to get back home. He's, He's that like, is what's dealing with this tonight. He's done with it. Yep. I mean, at this point, they had been in the car for like twelve hours or something. I mean, it was a ridiculous long time. Um, yeah. So they get back in their car. They're entering North Lincoln, and the object swoops down from this high vantage point and it comes really close so barney stops the car in the middle of the road and the craft is overhead about 200 feet up in the air it drops down to 100 feet in the air and he said that it appeared my headphones Knocked against something, knocked on my desk, and I'm pretty and sure it was me. You but died for I just came a out minute. of it. <laughs> <laughs> my soul left my body. I was like, Your oh soul my left God, your body. Here. Yeah, yeah, they're not here. It's fine. <laughs> Are you okay? take a deep breath it's fine all right so barney stops the car in the middle of the highway the craft is 200 feet drops down to 100 feet and it's just one solid band of lights but it's going backwards it's rotating backwards like as it this thing gets closer to them they could pick out more details of it Mm -hmm. so he gets out of the car again and he has his left arm on the door and he has his right arm on the top of the car and he's trying to use the binoculars to look at this thing but the car is running and it's probably shaking so he can't get a good look at it so he steps back from the car and as he's doing that the craft goes from the left side of the car up overhead and it comes down in a field (gasps) what's the first motion in just one big arch it just goes over top and it's on his side now and it comes over a field so what's the first rule of horror movies? Don't go in the basement. Don't go don't in the kitchen. That's out of dark. The car. Don't get out of the car and don't go into the field. No. He goes into the field. No. He said he was transfixed and he leaves the road and he goes into the field. And it, it he said that he was pretty close to being under the craft. And 
it's silent. There isn't a sound. Anything that we have now, a helicopter, you'd be able to hear. A jet, you'd be able to hear. Anything. Anything that was in, I mean, anything now you'd be able to hear. My air conditioner. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Capitalized letters, explanation mark, exclamation mark. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah. We need a sticker. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. So he said it was as big as a jet and it was as flat as a pancake. Mm-mm. So he's using his binoculars and he looks up and there's windows and he sees 10 figures looking out the windows, like looking at him. He says that there wasn't anything unusual about them. Um, they had black shiny uniforms, one hat on a hat and all of them, but one moved back from the windows and they started pulling levers on the wall and these big like wings come out these fan like wings come out and they have like lights on the end of them and (laughs) barney stated this is a quote this was too much for me and i made a hasty retreat to the car explaining to the wife that they had seen me that they had seen us and we had to get away so he comes back to the car in a full panic and Mm -hmm. he's like we have got to get out of here they've seen us they're going to kidnap us. They're no, going to get us. No, I keep having to check behind me. <laughs> okay. I'm not going to get you. I promise. So as he, this quote that I listened to, he is extremely calm. It was on a radio, either a radio interview or a TV interview, but he's totally calm, like level voice. There's a recording of their hyp- their hypnosis sessions. Some of them are available to listen to. And you actually get a sense of how fucking terrified he is. Like, he starts yelling. Oh, yeah. It's upsetting. So listen, if you want it, we'll have links to him. But if you want to listen to it, proceed with caution. Nope. Nope. Um, So he tells Betty that they're going to capture them and they need to get away. So they jump back in the car. They're driving south, putting distance between them and this craft. But as they're driving, they hear what Barney would describe it as a tuning fork being struck Mm-mm. and the car had a really subtle vibration to it um so barney stated my god what is that look at the window they're right overhead so betty looks and she can't see anything and she realizes that she can't see the night sky that this thing is like right over top of their car i'd read a thing that said that the craft landed on the top of their car i don't know if that's true or not right um but they couldn't see anything so it's directly over top of them and then they start to get kind of hazy and for about 35 miles they don't speak to each other they don't have really any recollection of what happened in that 35 miles they have vague memories and impressions of something glowing maybe the moon maybe not um but 35 miles south the beeping starts again and they kind of like come to and they start talking and they're like, what was that that was glowing? Like, what was going on? He would go on to say that this 35-mile stretch was really curious to them because they didn't discuss anything. They were both really ups- unsettled and they just kept driving towards their home. When they reach the city of Concord, they try to find a cup of coffee and a police officer to tell someone what they'd seen, what they'd experienced, you know, right. this light, this craft. And it's really early in the morning. It's probably three or four in the morning and they didn't find anything. So they just kept going home. They didn't reach home until about 5 AM on September 20th. Mm -hmm. So that was about two to three hours later than what Barney had originally thought. So there's all this missing time of like two and a half hours that they can't account for. They have no memory. 
Um, so they get Ugh. home, they're exhausted. They've been driving for like, I don't even know, 16, 18 hours at this point. Like they've been in the car for a long time. Right. Um, they're totally frazzled and they've had this crazy frightening ordeal of this light chasing them. And Betty's worried that the things in their car might be contaminated. She will not allow Barney to bring anything from the car into the house. They have groceries and a cooler. All of the food gets thrown out. And when Barney gets home, he's compelled to check his genitals. He has this feeling that he just has to check. Uh. So um, they throw the food away. They're kind of getting settled and getting, you know, unpacking the car and all of these things. Yeah, they're kind of getting settled down. And they notice some really strange things. So they both had watches on and both of the watches stopped working and they never ran again, ever. They were totally broken. Whoa. Yeah. Um, the binocular strap that he had was cut cleanly in half. Um, he found vegetation on his clothing. I didn't get any more information than that. Um, Betty's best dress had a one inch tear above the top of the zipper on one side and a two inch tear on the other side. The waist to hemline of her dress was torn the hem was torn on one side and barney's shoes the top of his shoes were totally scuffed to the point that he actually decided to use them as like gardening shoes and bought a whole brand new pair of shoes like they were totally ruined and on the trunk of their car there was these shiny spots that just Mm -hmm. showed up So Betty's, again, she's concerned about contamination. Your face. I love you. I'm not well. <laughs> so I Betty's- know the story and it's still, it's still scaring it's me. It's spooky. Yeah, it's scary. So Betty's concerned about contamination. Um, she remembers that her sister's neighbor is a physicist. So she calls her sister and the physicist calls her back and he's like, my recommendation is to put a compass near these shiny spots and just see what happens. Mm-hmm. So she does. And when it's near these spots, the compass spins erratically. It doesn't oh act like God. a normal compass. But when they hold it around other areas of the car without these shiny spots, the compass works fine. There's nothing wrong with the compass. It's been like magnetized. Um, it's some type of weird anomaly. Yeah. So they have no conscious recall for two hours of their time. Something had happened to them, but they just couldn't remember what had happened. Betty ends up going to the local library and she checks out a book called The Flying Saucer Conspiracy by Major Donald E. Kehoe. Um, So this guy is a major in the Air Force. He's a co-founder of an organization called the National Investigations Committee on Aerial Phenomena or NICAP. Um, which was prominent in the 1950s and 60s, and they investigated kind of things like this. He wrote this book, and it came out in 1951. Um, At this point, we didn't know a lot about close space. Right. Man hadn't been to space yet at all. Um, He hadn't been to the moon. There was less than 10 satellites in orbit at this time. So we didn't have the Hubble and we didn't have like the super impressive James Webb telescope now. Right. You know, we didn't have those things. So um, I had a note. This is the 1961. There was less than 10 satellites in orbit. Now there's more than 4,600 satellites in orbit around our planet. Wow. Yeah. 
yeah, it makes me think about like when I was a kid, um, we would go out and lay on the trampoline and we would see a satellite maybe once or twice a summer. And like last year, Chris and I went out camping and we saw, I don't know, five satellites a night. Yeah. It's crazy. Anyway. It's wild. Mm -hmm. Reminds me of fucking Wally when they break the surface of earth and it's just a like wasteland of satellites. Satellites. Yeah. Um, so after reading this book, Betty contacts Nightcap and they send Walter Webb to investigate. He's an astronomer. And on October 21st, 1961, he talks to the family and he tells them like the purpose of my coming to meet you is to just establish what happens. He writes up his conclusions and stated that he believed the Hills were telling the truth and that the first encounter with the UFO occurred exactly as reported except for minor uncertainties and technicalities that must be tolerated in any such observation where human judgment is, is involved, i.e. how large it was, the distance you right. are from it, because that stuff's really hard to tell. Well, right, um, and you always blow it up later. Exactly. Right. Yep. Mm -hmm. So she also reported the sighting to the Air Force because she was worried about radiation. That contamination she was worried about was radiation. She was right. really concerned about that. Um, so in November, so this occurred in September. So November, 1961, she started a record that she titled dreams or recall, and she would start to have really vivid dreams about being abducted and taken no. on like a ship. No. Um, they started about 10 days after the encounter. And then she like a little while later kept having these dreams and would start to write them down. So they weren't actually in chronological order, but she would actually write them up in chronological order as they, like, I think her first dream was the last one that happened. Mm -hmm. So it was kind of a jumble. Barney started to have a lot of health issues and his health declined crazy fast. Um, he started drinking a lot. Um, he developed genital warts around his groin in a perfect circle. <sighs> Uh, his mental health rapidly declined. He suffered from serious anxiety. Um, he developed, he'd had ulcers, but they hadn't bothered him for a lot of years. And it came right. back with a vengeance. Um, mm. He also developed really high blood pressure. Like he was just a mess. So um, he, it got to the point that he was totally disabled. Like he couldn't work. He, his body stopped responding to medication. Um, and his doctor told him, you know, I think that it might be a good idea to, you know, see a psychiatrist and talk to a psychiatrist about this. Right. So he does. And he talks to his doctor kind of, he doesn't, it, the encounter is not really discussed. Um, but in 1963, his doctor thought he could actually benefit from um, hypnosis. And I can't remember the exact name of it, but I, I believe it's repression hypnosis is the correctly correct name for that mm -hmm. yeah thank you thank you um so he referred him to a benjamin simon who is also a psychiatrist as well as a guy that could no hypnosis. yeah yep yeah so he dr simon typically worked with soldiers that were returning that suffered from ptsd betty goes to the first meeting with barney with dr simon and she tells him like hey i want to undergo hypnotism too so Dr. Simon agrees, and they're both hypnotized, but they're hypnotized separately. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. So they have separate sessions. They're never they're never together. And after the sessions, they would be they would have like amnesia. Um, what's the word? Re induced to make sure that they couldn't discuss what had happened and what they were remembering because this stuff is really traumatic. I mean, the recordings are pretty, it's pretty wild. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of trauma that they, um, experienced. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, let's see. Eventually it would be played back for them so that they could process what had happened to them. And over these sessions, they would come to find out what actually happened. And I will tell you about that next week. Stop. You're doing I mean, a I can parter It might actually turn into a three-parter. Yeah. So yeah, we'll find out about it next week. What actually happened. Oh. Yeah. I'm oh sorry God. that you have to I was not planning on you having to think about this all week. <laughs> well. Yeah, the next time I record is Uncle Brandon. So it's actually going to be like two weeks out. Even worse. <laughs> Even worse. Thanks, Haley. So two weeks from now, we'll get to the second part of maybe a three-part series of what happened to Barney and Betty Hill. Oh, oh my God. Three episodes of abduction. I hate you so much. <laughs> this was not my intention. But I guess we're telling you that I don't think about what I am going to record, huh? (laughs) You're getting me. You're getting me. You're like, oh, wow. I'm going to get her. I'm going to get her. (laughs) You got me. Okay. Gotcha. 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 (laughs) Anyway, thank you guys for tuning in today to our um, super scary yet. Box of chocolates episode. (laughs) Box of chocolates episode. For sure. Um, we appreciate you being here. Remember, if you hear anything you would like us to correct or fix or we said wrong or you know more, we love it. So send us an email to more than this podcast at gmail.com and we will include it in our next mistakes episode. Yes, we will. Happily. Wherever you podcast, we podcast too. Uh, just, you know, tell your friends about us. Say, hey, did you hear about this podcast on Spotify? Send it to him. Easy. Yep, easy peasy. Make sure to leave us a nice review and tell your friends, tell your family, and tell your mom. Tell your mom. Until next time, stay curious. Bye. Bye.